Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Today's message is There is an end in God's sight. There is an end in God's sight. Reading to you from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 7, verse number 8. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Moving on over to the book of Hosea, chapter number 6 and verse number 2. Hosea chapter 6 and verse number 2. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let me hear you say sight. Amen. God does have sight. And there is an end in his sight. There is no end in sight. You've probably said it. I've heard it said. And we usually say that phrase, there's no end in sight. When we're at a point going through a crisis, something troubling, something difficult, and we have no idea when it will be finished. The end of it is unknown. There's no end in sight. I went through Bible college for four years, and i got to tell you, those professors, they fired me up. They made me believe that I was invincible, that I was going to preach and mighty things would happen and God would have his way in my life and take care of me. And my future was set in stone and I wouldn't have any problems, any struggles, but the ministry was absolutely perfect and God would mightily use me. I came home and became youth pastor in 2005. And uh, some of you were on that first trip to Youth Congress. That was the first thing that I did was take a youth group to Youth Congress And I got up and I gave a few rules. I said, kids, go easy on the liquids on this trip. We don't have a whole lot of time to pull over. But there's always that one kid that snuck a 44-ounce drink from Sonic back there, sipping on that lemonade. And 15 minutes down the road, Pastor Justin, can we pull over? Can we pull over? Can we pull over? Yes, we had to pull over. We didn't get too far, and that big old, old church bus, that old church bus that we had, Lights started blinking on the dashboard. Smoke started puffing out the back. Car died, pulled over on the road, stranded. We did a few things, got to praying, and we got that van started. Kept on going down the road. Next thing I see is the tire pressure going down. We pull over. Tire went completely flat. We got there miraculously. Coasted in on fumes and smoke, but we got there, praise the Lord. That trip was beginning to be, there's no end in sight for this trip. And on the next day, there was a young man who fell in love with another young lady on that youth trip. Nothing wrong with that, praise the Lord. He wrote her a nice note. He was going to win her heart that trip. But before he had a chance to even finish his offer to be her boyfriend, she said, not interested. Talk to the hand, not the face, all right? And it broke his heart. It's really not funny, but it is kind of funny. He was so sad. He lost his appetite. It was hot that day in the summer. And uh, he passed out right there in church, and we had to take him to the emergency room. 
Thank God for good chaperones. Amen. There was no end in sight on that trip. Everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. But it was worth it all to look down the line and see about 40, 50 kids with their hands raised and tears coming down out of their eyes in an arena with 30,000 people praising the Lord and worshiping him. Before it was all said and done, every kid came home with the Holy Ghost. Every kid came home fired up about God. And that youth group is still on fire here today. Praise the Lord. I've come to tell you, sometimes trips feel like they have no end. But when it's all said and done, you're so glad you went. You're so glad you went through the trouble. And some of you today may be wondering why are all these things going wrong in your life? That's usually how it is. We go through our childhood pretty happy. We go through our teen years pretty happy. But when you become an adult, you realize happiness, you can take it or leave it. You didn't realize it. You didn't know what was coming up ahead, that you would have to go through being fired or you would have to go through being laying off or you would have to go through bankruptcy or you would have to go through a separation or a divorce. You didn't see the sickness that you would have to go through. And sometimes life can feel like it has no end. But my Bible tells me that God has an end in sight. And I've come to preach to you today that end is heaven itself. Just keep on going through the trouble. Keep on going through the darkness. Keep on enduring through the storm. God's got his eyes on you. He's testing you. He's watching out for you. And he wants to give you a day and a place and a time for all eternity with him where there is no more trouble. There is no more heartache. There are no more tears. There are no more sickness. There is no pain. And that may not mean much to some of you, but for some of you that had a troubling year, I've come to tell you there are no more bad years in heaven. There is no trouble. There is no heartache. Keep on prevailing until you see the end in God's sight. Oh, let's all clap our hands unto the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Mm. I believe here at the Life Church we accomplished a lot of what we set out to be and to do as a church in 2023. We presented to you a theme, becoming a daily New Testament church. And we accomplished this through what we call the Give Me Five. First, it was Bible studies. Second, prayers on location. Third, spiritual conversations. Fourth, social invitations. And fifthly, acts of services. And from these five, we have seen things happen here at our church. Things happen in our world that we live in, even things being posted on social media. We have witnessed people's repentance and transformation. We have witnessed their baptisms in Jesus' name. We have witnessed the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We have seen healings, miracles, wonders, signs, demons cast out. We are becoming what the Book of Acts church had all along simply because we wanted it and we took action for it. Some of you in here felt like David up against a giant. The giant in your life has a big shield. It has a big sword. It has a big spear. It's taller than you. It's wider than you. Its voice is louder than you. And all you've got is five little smooth stones. 
And that's us here at the Live Church of Kansas City. We are that little shepherd boy coming up against a city of 2.3 million or 2.5, whatever it is. And I've got news for this city and news for the devil. We're coming to you like David with five smooth stones, with Bible studies, with prayers on location, with spiritual conversations, with social limitations and acts of service. Amen. And we will win for the kingdom of heaven here at the Life Church in years to come. Praise the Lord. Amen. We've always done these five things, but it's like they went to another level, not only here on campus, but also in our personal life. I have taught class, the 10 a.m. class, in some way or another, whether it was youth, here in the adult session, discipleship classes, and even a couple summers, I taught the first and second graders, which was my first class to teach, or my favorite class to teach out of all of them. Those kids, I loved that. That was so fun. But I felt from the Holy Ghost that it was time to step down from teaching classes. I was teaching discipleship classes. Brother Joe Steed now leads that. Also great leadership from Brother Gary Browse Jr. this year. And I've been getting reports. There have been almost 40 people back there ready to hear the word of God. New people that don't, that don't understand maybe the way you understand it, but brand new people, amen, learning about what it means to be baptized in Jesus' name, getting filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is revival happening back there in that discipleship class. And some of you disciples that are in that class, you are on your way to becoming a saint in this church. You're about to, amen, you are stepping into it. Keep on studying, keep on growing, and keep on learning. Amen, we want to help you grow. We want to help you develop. Amen, is anybody excited about discipleship here in this church? It's awesome. Praise God. I felt to stand out at the front of the church and just say hello to everybody as they came in. I've never done that in my life. I was always back in the class. And I got to tell you, out there it's almost become kind of a class for me. And at the beginning of the year, shortly after the pastoral transition, I stood out there and I didn't hear any gossip. I didn't hear any backbiting, but if you know right where to stand, the acoustics are perfect and you can hear things 45 feet away bouncing off those walls. And so that's why, you know, I'm out there. I'm just figuring out what's going on in y'all's lives. And it wasn't gossip. It wasn't slander, but I, I just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of joy out there. And I just felt from the Lord to start preaching, take out your trash to the dumpster and not the church entrance. And we just kind of preached that for a few Sundays. We've got a nice dumpster out there. It's one of my favorite things, a part of this building. It's awesome. Now, we all know the most important room in this church is the ladies' restroom. Working on that. Nursery, kids, and all that. But we got a great dumpster out there, not only for all the physical trash, but all of the spiritual trash. And I did it this morning. I stopped by and just looked at that dumpster and just kind of in my mind, pulled back the gate, lifted up the lid, and just put all of my worries and fears in that dumpster. And I said, I'm walking into God's house with faith and belief. Amen. The psalmist said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. And I've been seeing it Sunday after Sunday. People are coming in with smiles on their face. People are coming in happy to be at church. People are coming in, amen, to bear one another's burdens and to already pray for each other out there in the narthex. And we took it a step further and started 
uh, serving cinnamon rolls and coffee and all of those things to taste and to see that the Lord is good. Amen. And we have brought joy, amen, to the entrance of our church. You know what's going on, right? When you walk in, you're feeling the power of the word of God. You're feeling the acts of service. You're feeling all of the give me five, right? When you walk in to the house of God. And we'll talk more about this probably next year, but we grew this year by 10%. And I thank God for that in attendance. Praise God. And we're going to continue to grow, amen, because the word is getting out that the real Jesus and the real Holy Ghost and the real apostolic church is right up here on this hill on View High Drive, amen. I thank God for a great year at TLC. This is also an interesting year in the world. February 4th, we saw the mysterious spy balloon from China drift over the United States of America. Hmm. July 23rd, Twitter became X. June 18, sad story. Titan, that submarine, went missing while exploring the Titanic site. On August 8th, the Hawaiian fires raged through that part of the land. 17,000 acres burned, and over 100 lost their lives. October 7th, the Hamas terrorist attacked Israel, launching the Israel-Hamas war. A lot of sad things happened. A lot of interesting things happened. On May 6th was the coronation of King Charles III. And my favorite moment, outside of what happened in this church, on February 12th, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. Come on. Yes. They're going to win today. Speak it, yeah. Let's all intercede right now for Brother Mahomes. I'm kidding. But there were some interesting things that happened in this church this year. This was the year of pastoral transition. And I thank God for all of you that have partnered with this pastoral transition and are moving forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, church. And I thank God for our bishop, Stan Gleason, his vision for it and his support and his love for our church. Amen. By the way, bishop is in Australia doing missions work for a week. Pray for him. Pray for him. God's doing great things in Australia. But it was a transition Sunday, February 19th this year. I was back in discipleship class teaching my last lesson. It was about 15 minutes before dismissal time, and all of a sudden the fire alarm started going off. And that little electronic voice came on. There's a fire in the building. Please exit the building. And I could hear in the sanctuary the commotion of everybody running out. I could hear the sound of kids running down the hallway. But our newer disciples didn't even move. Sat there with their arms across the chair, just hungry for the word of God. That's how I know we got some new good disciples. Amen. Even fires aren't making them budge from God's word. But I finally said, all right, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Turned out it was a false alarm. We have some new construction going on, and we found out what happened. One of the workers that was doing some plumbing kind of adjusted uh, one of the uh, valves just a, just a hair to the left, 
And uh, that's where all that came from. And uh, we had somebody come out and look at it. And he said, oh, just let me turn this right here. The fire alarm stopped. Okay. It happened. But that was on Transition Sunday when everything is supposed to be perfect. I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning praying, God, don't let anything go wrong. And the fire alarms are going off. Brother and Sister Bernard, the general superintendent, are here up on the front row with me. And we're trying to worship and have church and go through transition. And there's fire alarms going off. But me and Bishop got an agreement. And we started praying. And I will never forget hearing Bishop's prayer. Mary. He said, God, turn off these fire alarms right now. It won four seconds. And all of a sudden, those lights went. <laughs> Peace of God came into this church. Amen. No way that's a coincidence. And I'm like, everything's going to be perfect now. Well, Dr. Larmy and the worship team started singing that song, Dance Like the Weight Has Been Lifted. And I mean, this altar filled up with people, and I know some of your stories. You're up here having something to dance about because the weight of this world had fallen off of you. And I got down there, started dancing, and I'm like, wait a minute. I feel a weight coming on my shoulders. What is this? Oh, my Lord, it's a pastoral weight. My God. So everybody's shouting, a new weight is coming on me. And that weight is on me to this day, and I gladly carry it. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I thought, surely there's no more problems now. Now, I respect the First Lady of the United Pentecostal Church. Understand this. But she got up here and said, I want to sing now, and I just want to wish Pastor Jason congratulations for this. And she's saying on a pastoral transition that just happened, I won't go back. I can't go back. And the Lord moved anyway. God bless Sister Bernard. We love you. (laughs) She made it right when she got down there. I got to tell you, a lot went wrong that service. But at the end of that service, God moved in a powerful way. And he's still moving here in this church. Amen. Bible ministry conference was here. It was powerful for those that attended it. I took this church to another level in our understanding of apostolic ministry in that service. I thought it was going good. I thought it was going smooth. My first big conference as pastor. Some of you know what happened on that Sunday. There was an altercation between two teenage girls. And this is a safe church and we love each other. But we got a few folks that come in and I don't know what's going on in their mind. We had one girl threaten another girl. Turned into a big mess right here in the altar call. A Sunday that was supposed to be special. A Sunday that was supposed to be holy. There was an altercation. It broke my heart. It was so sad for some of you that know about that. But since that time, I have had probably 20 ladies come up to me and ask me about apostolic ministry. And a call to be an apostolic woman, an apostle here in this city, and some of the other areas that they have a passion for to reach. And out of that, our youth group went to another level in revival. We got a great kids pastor, Pastor Chris Blazik, out of that. God has helped us. We've thrived, and things are going so good. I miss Calvin and Vonda May so much. I miss them. I thank God for their memory. God bless their memory always. But then Sister May had no natural children of their own, but they had so many spiritual children here in this church. Praise God. Through their kind generosity, their estate, they left to us 
a generous offering that helped us pay for that beautiful playground that's out here on the east side of our church. I thank God for that. And it was so sweet to dedicate that. For those of you that knew Brother and Sister May, that's exactly where they would be every Sunday, probably out there eating ice cream cones as all the kids would play. (laughs) We dedicated that, and I love it. And guests that come in here, they say, I love seeing that playground. You know what we're communicating? We love family here. We believe in the next generation here. I want to say a big thank you to this church for raising $25,000 for Sister Vanita Thurman and $25,000 for Brother Stephen Nix to go on missionary trips. I thank you so much for your giving. It's been a tremendous year, a tremendous year. This year, we've, for those that have wanted it, we have given you testimonies of those that have been blessed financially this year. Many people would like to just keep it between them and God, but every week I keep a log of it. Sometimes here at this church before and after, even during worship service, somebody will come up to me and they'll say, I just got a raise. That house I've been wanting to sell, I sold it and I doubled my money. That car that I've always wanted, I waited till the price was right and even got a better deal and I'm driving that car I always wanted. Every week I'm hearing about promotions and it's coming because we're giving. Praise God. The Lord has brought many through some hard, difficult times in their health. I see Brother Steve Steve Medling back there. Raise your hand, Brother Steve. Survived a horrible car crash this year. He's here in the house of the Lord today. Amen. You're still on your way, but God is restoring your health. Praise the Lord. Shortly after the pastoral transition, I got the phone call. And our sweet elder, Brother Paul Shaw back there. Wave your hand, Brother Shaw. He was in the hospital, wasn't looking good. A lot of the family is here. I came in there on a Sunday afternoon, and there was Brother Shaw. Couldn't even open his eyes, was not doing good. and Nobody wanted to speak it, nobody wanted to say it, but it was not looking good at all. And the doctors were even talking about the thing you do not want to hear. We all gathered around Elder Shaw and began to pray. And as I looked at him, I could see life. I don't know how to explain it, but I could see life. Now, I'm not much of a singer, but the Shaws can sing and Bishop can sing. And I said, let's just start singing. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And as we started singing that song, I saw Brother Shaw raise out his hand like you see him doing in church right there, right now. Started reaching for God. And it was that day he turned a corner and he's alive and with us today. Praise God. Things have been shaken up and happening here at TLC. The real Jesus is manifesting in the lives of real people. Real miracles have happened. Things that cannot be explained but cannot be denied. Things that cannot be sheer coincidence but miraculous things have been happening here at this church. I have seen people come into this church. Their family gave up on them. Their friends gave up on them, and they wanted to come and see, has God given up on me? And they found out, no, not God, never gave up on them. And I've seen people, amen, not only saved, but their marriages restored, their relationship with their kids have been restored. They've got their job back. They've got their life back. They've got their mind back. I want to say thank you, worship. Thank you so much, church. Thank you so much, Celebrate Recovery, from helping, for helping people to repent of their sins and to get their life back. Amen. I thank God for a church that can help people recover. I've seen healings happen. 
I've seen deliverance happen. I've heard tongues and interpretation like I've never heard before this year in this church. It was on Sunday, February 12th, right after Bishop preached his message, the last sermon. Dr. Larmy gave the tongues. Brother Gary Browse Jr. gave the interpretation. And it was this, you have well spoken in years past of the paradox of the epoch. And you did so unknowing that it was of this day. And while you have done great things in this generation, the devils to come are mightier than you have faced. In trial and tribulation, I will raise up a stronger generation. And that transition is now follow and believe that I am in this. Praise God. I wrote that down, especially the devils are stronger in this generation. And I found out just how real that was about two Sundays later. After the message, I walked down, the altar was full, and I looked down and there was a lady, a newer lady in our church who really had a hard time breaking through. I knew she had been baptized, I knew she had been filled with the Holy Ghost, but I could just see a darkness on her. And I knelt down in front of her and I said, Sister, would you like me to do a little spiritual warfare on you? And she looked up at me with desperation in her eyes. Sister Kim Webb was right there, a few of the other sisters in the church. And just something took a hold of me. You'd be surprised what the Holy Ghost will do with you in that moment when you're up against an unclean spirit. And I just started speaking against the devil's attack in her life. And I watched that lady rear up and then collapse on the ground and then raise up without moving her feet or her hands. And she began to crawl like a cat. And I said, unclean spirits, you heard me. I command all of you to come out now in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I looked up and saw about 50 people staring at me with what was going on right there in that moment. I'm like, oh, here we go. We got an audience. And I said, devils, come out now. And I watched as that woman began to cough and to shriek and to shake. And all of those unclean spirits came out of her and her countenance changed. I'm telling you, we serve a God that still does things like that. And that may not mean much to everybody here in this church, but for those of you, the devil has attacked your mind and attacked your life, and you know it's real. I've come to tell you just as Jesus cast them out then in the Bible, he casts them out, amen, here in the apostolic church. Praise the Lord. That right there opened the door, and it's been happening on Sundays. I've seen it happen here in this church just like you heard about in old Pentecost, people run into the altar for deliverance, run into the altar, amen, to get the junk out of their life. I have seen junk land on this altar. I've seen uncleanness land on this altar. As it were, I've seen that water, amen, drown the darkness in people's lives because that's the real Jesus. That's the real God and he's done it for us here in 2023, praise the Lord. Something that I've seen shift in this church. We've always had good church. We've always had good classes. We've always had good worship. We've always had good preaching. But something went to another level, and that is what we have put at the end of this service, and that is the altar call. I try to focus and I try to pray, but being pastor, I like to look around. 
It used to be I'd see a lot of people, you know, passing out business cards in the back or a lot of people making their lunch plans while some folks are trying to pray through. You know what I've been seeing in the altar calls lately? It's like the whole church comes up. They're even filling up the aisles. Nobody's in a hurry to leave. You know why? They want to receive what has been preached to have activated in their life, seeking the Lord while he may be found. People wanting the Holy Ghost are not leaving until they're getting it. People are having trouble figuring out baptism. They're going to figure it out at the altar and come back there and get baptized. People needing healing. People needing miracles. i tell you what's going on. We're realizing just as the Bible said, the end is better than the beginning. And we're saving the best for last. And that is to gather together around the altar of Almighty God and worship him and love him and see things happen in our life. Your 2023 may have been a rough one, but it ain't how it started. It's how you finish it. And if you can finish today right with God, loving God, in the presence of God, with a renewed mind, with a renewed heart, a right attitude and right spirit, 2023 will have been worth it all for you. I'm talking to some of you, you've had one crisis after another. It has been chaos here and there. But you got to remind yourself of what the psalmist said. Better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. And I say unto you that have been going through a hard time, what you're going to feel here in a moment in this altar call is going to wash away the heartache. It is going to wash away the pain inside of your thoughts. God is going to make it worth it all this year for you this day. Praise God. Hadabokoshat. That's what the presence of God is here for. To pick you up. To keep you going. You know, all of us know what pain is. Maybe some of the kids in this room don't, and you shouldn't, kids. But some of us here in this church, we know what pain is. We know what it feels like to go through hard times. And all of us, one day or another, life will as a way, it has its way of knocking you down. And it has its way of breaking you. I used to play golf. I'd go with Bishop. But I would get so frustrated because I would hit the ball 30, 40 yards farther than him. It was time for that second shot. He would hit it right on the green and I would duff it into the woods. I didn't know how to recover. And anytime Bishop would hit it in the rough of the woods, he knew how to get it right out of there and onto the green and keep on playing. And I would be back there digging holes with those golf clubs. I figured out something with that. Most people in life, all of us are going to hit it into the woods. But the thing that makes us different is we know how to get out of it and recover. And you know why? We figured out the secret. It's God that gets us out of trouble. It's God that pulls us out. Life won't be perfect. It never will be. But you know what God wants to do for you this day? Help you just make that curve at the end of 2023. Because he loves you. He's got your name written up in a book up in heaven. And at the appointed time, he wants you to be there with him. And he's doing everything he can on this journey to make sure that happens. Hosea said after two days... He will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may be in his sight. Peter also said that one day with the Lord is 
a thousand years. So you think about that, putting those verses together. Two days he will revive us, and then the third day he will raise us up. Jesus was born in the year zero. Some debate out there that he was actually born in the year four CE. For the sake of not confusing, let's just put it right at zero. So it has been 2,023 years since the Lord uh, was born. He ascended in the year 33 AD, give or take a few years, but for the sake of this teaching, we're going to put it right at 33. We're coming up on 2,000 years since the Lord ascended up into the heavens. Ten years from it, 2033. The Bible says after two years, two days, excuse me, he will revive us. And this prophecy is open for interpretation, but the way I feel it right now, stuff is going to start happening in the 2030s. And what we've been experiencing in this decade is leading right up to it. Why did the pandemic happen in this decade? Why is there now talk of war now more than ever? We're on the brink of it. And there are world leaders that are trying to suck this world right into that war to make this a global empire, to set it up for one man, the Antichrist. It's happening in our generation right before our eyes. The prophet said in that third day, in that third day, which will begin in the year 2033, if my math and calculation is right, he will raise us up on that third day that we may be in his sight. Whether it's 2033, 2053, or 3,083, or 15,000, whatever, back to the future, I don't know. God wants to see you in heaven someday. And I've just come to tell you, if you're going to end 2023 in any way, end it ready for the coming of the Lord. When you're ready for the coming of the Lord, trouble and trial and dark days mean nothing. It makes you realize even more how much this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Father, I pray for somebody, amen, that needs the hope of heaven to come to them right now. I pray, Lord, you would give us a glimpse of it right now before we leave and we would end 2023 ready for your soon return. Amen. Let's all stand together. I feel a special touch of God here for somebody. Somebody in here, you're going, you feel like Samson on that wheel. You feel blinded. You feel like you're just pushing and not getting anywhere. What the enemy took from you, your sight, your power, God wants to give it back to you today. I feel like somebody here is like David. You've been on the run. You feel like you're trying to find a safe place. Today is your safe spot. This altar is your safe place. If you're hungry for the Lord, if you're hungry to hear from him, if you're hungry for a vision, this altar is open right now for you. This has been a troubling decade for many of us, but I feel like things are about to speed up in 2024. And let's hit the ground running with the Holy Ghost by closing out this year around this altar in prayer. Amen. Won't you come and seek the Lord right now? It's already been said, if you want the Holy Ghost, amen, come on up to this altar and just say, God, give it to me. And then start worshiping him. He'll fill you with his spirit. You'll start talking in tongues. You come to be baptized today. Just indicate it to one of us. We'll baptize you today. But amen, God's got you in mind. There is an end in God's sight. And you're in that end.
You're in that vision. Thank you, Lord, for 2023. I pray for somebody that's going through something. You feel like there's no end in sight. May it end for you today, right now. May that trouble, that problem end right now at the altar. The altar is a fire. I pray that it's consumed right now. I pray that it burns up. I pray, amen, you are renewed today in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God did something during communion service and the second wave is hitting this place right now. Amen. Raise your voice up to him and call out to the living God. I just love you, Jesus. I just want you on this New Year's Eve. I just need you in my world and in my life. Hallelujah. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here right now. A miracle is here right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout unto the Lord. Lift your voice up to him. Call out to him while he is near. Praise the Lord. Come on, get a hold of God. Get a hold of God. Close this year out. Amen. Right with him. Close this year out and close to him. Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.